Greetings and salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful and pretty crazy internet if you've been following anything going on in the world uh, the last couple of days. But it's time for another glorious edition of the Man in the Arena podcast. And boy, we've got another big one. And of course, after a bye week, Tennessee didn't lose the bye week, so that's good. But I've got my good buddy Trey Pack with me, as always, to break down some college football and everything else kind of going on in the world of sports. Still mostly football, but got some other things. We've got AEW full gear coming up. Uh, Trey, say hello to the beautiful people. Uh, I'm so excited to be here. I am going to disagree with one thing you said for certain. Uh, Just because we did lose the bye week because Jeremy Pruitt came out and said that Garantano (laughs) is going to stop Saturday. So we lost... As far as I'm concerned, you you you're you're in the clubhouse there with that, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's been an interesting week, as always. With it's just good though. I will say I'm glad to be debating sports instead of other things going on. It's good to have two guys, good friends, talking about some sports instead of other things going on in the world right now. Well, what else could possibly be going on, Shidley? I have no idea. I I live in a cocoon. I don't, I don't know. I've been in this closet studio for so damn long. I don't know what else is going on. Right. <laughs> I do love that. Yeah, you're just in the closet eating saltines. That is my favorite idea of Shibley now. Yeah, it's good. It's good to have. So, but anyway, um, you know, Tennessee is coming up on Arkansas. Again, they did come out. Pruitt said that Garantano is the guy. So we're going to, looks like ride or die with Garantano. But of course, one one of the things though you have to remember is for a lot of people, Felipe Franks for Arkansas is another version of Garantano just that plays for Arkansas when it comes to good Garantano and bad Garantano. Yeah, I remember when Felipe Franks first came in uh, as a backup to play against us when he was still at Florida. Um, but that's a very good comparison, really. I mean, he is just another Garantano, which, first off, I, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. There's no Garantano like our Garantano. No, it doesn't of course. Exist. Uh, it's, 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 it, uh, our world's on fire, Shipley. Yeah. Nothing, nothing beats the original when it comes to anything, pretty much. So, exactly. We're going to go with that. But but we did have, of course, some other things going on in the world of college football. So let's kind of break down some of the things that happened last week. The title of this episode is Nothing is Guaranteed because you had some things that people felt pretty good about going into last week, and it didn't happen. The biggest one was Michigan being an over-three-touchdown favorite against Michigan State and losing 27-24, never leading in the game. Michigan State, again, just for some reason, they still are just beating Jim Harbaugh for the most part. And it was amazing to watch. I was just laughing the whole time when I saw the scores go by. Oh, nothing makes me – it messed up. I feel like I'm in last place in the Shibley Pick'em on Facebook. <laughs> that, that's where I really pick the games except for ours. You yeah. Know, because I, I can't not pick for Tennessee. But, man, I'm pretty sure last week I said that I picked Michigan to win it. I said to, but not to take the, uh, you know, I, I thought Michigan would keep it close and they kept it real close, but they won the game, which I, I never would have betted it, but I'm so happy it happened. Yeah. Oh, it, it was amazing. And again, it brings up this question 
with Jim Harbaugh, because, I mean, you've never been a Jim Harbaugh fan. I liked him, of course, when he coached my 49ers to a Super Bowl. They didn't win it, but they got there. And But it's one of these things, like, Jim Harbaugh was asked to do so much and just resurrect this Michigan program. And, again, he's got a very good record overall in the Big Ten, but when the chips are down, he's only beaten Michigan State, I think, twice, and those have both been in Michigan. I don't think he's ever won in East Lansing. He's 0-5 against Ohio State, and the last few of those games have not been close. So, And then he's lost the last four bowl games as well. So it's like when the chips are down, you're running into this where he's not exceeding expectations. He's just winning the games he's supposed to win, but he's losing all these other ones, especially the ones that they really, really care about up there in Ann Arbor. Yep, exactly. Man. And here's my thing: is is anybody that doesn't know the lore, uh, I, I hate I hate Jim Harbaugh. I have for years. He talks so much smack about Tennessee, he, he, but he's not. I don't think he's that great of a coach. But whatever. But man, I, I will tell you this: this is the real difference. Michigan right now is the real difference between a Big Ten school and an SEC school. Because Michigan is a powerhouse in the Big Ten. And Harbaugh is still coaching there, and his his seat may be a little hotter after last week, but nobody, very few people in Michigan are clamoring to fire Jim Harbaugh. If if even with as down as Tennessee is, if Pruitt had a lot loses four ball games in a row, and we never beat, you know, we we can't beat Georgia, we can't beat Florida, we can't be competitive in those games after five years, he's gone. And, but in the Big Ten, they'll keep them around. And, I mean, Michigan is arguably the in the top three best teams in the Big Ten every year. They're the winningest college football program in history. Uh, th- th- I mean, again, they've been playing great football forever overall. So, it, it, and it's amazing because, yeah, you he's not, again, he's, it's middling football really when it comes down to it, which, again, if you were at, if he was had had the record in the Big Ten that he had at say Indiana overall, I mean you oh. you'd be getting extensions. You'd be there forever if you had yeah, that record. They'd put him. Yeah, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So it, it's just amazing. It's really interesting because there's been no talk, according to I think Pat Forty there at Sports Illustrated, guy I love reading his stuff, talks about how. There, he's got one year left on his contract after this year, and there's been no talk of any type of extension or anything there in Michigan. So it's wondering if where's he going to end up? Is he going to want to just go back to the NFL? It, we, it's weird. You don't see it in college football at all where you really just have a lame duck head coach in a situation like that when they're not just retiring. Right, no, exactly. I think lame duck is definitely the the right term. Look at us, look at us using terms and stuff this close to the election. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's de- definitely a lame duck coach there, man. He, uh, I, I don't think Michigan should extend him. Now, with that being said, the the coaching carousel, there's not. I mean, who's out there right now to replace him? I mean, he may yep. be the the best option Michigan has for right now. Even losing these ball games, even losing. Uh, you know, not beating Ohio State ever. Like he still may be the best option they have. Yeah. Um, but you know, what what do you do? Yeah. 
Exactly. I mean, again, if you just let him stay there, eventually you would think he would put together a program and everything. And again, it's such a short leash, especially in the SEC, but not in the Big Ten, where it's like you just let a guy stay there. Eventually, you'll get to where Ohio State is. But it just seems like you're getting high caliber players there. It's just it. I think it could just be the coaching techniques and everything going on right now, which is the problem. Here's what I'll say, man, uh, about that. Uh, I think the antithesis of the point that we're both making here is someone like James Franklin at Penn State, mm-hmm. who, took, who took a storied program, you know, historically an, an incredible program, that li- took them from the dumpster uh, after the, you know, the Sandusky stuff. Yep. From the dumpster and built it up in less, you know, how long has James Franklin been there? Six years, seven years, maybe? About that, yeah. And Penn State is competing in the big, you know, they're they're getting up there. They're about to pass Michigan, in my opinion, for for the better program year in, year out in the Big Ten. Yeah. So, and has done that in the same time that Harbaugh's been in Michigan, and, yeah. and Michigan wasn't in the gutter when they hired him. Right. And and James Franklin, you got to give him credit too, because he made Vanderbilt very competitive for a while too before he went to Penn State. And of course, my hats off always, even though he just got fired by the Texans a couple of weeks ago. Bill O'Brien, I thought, did a really good job of stabilizing Penn State after the Sandusky thing. And then you bring in Jim James Franklin, who after doing so much with so little at Vanderbilt, was able just to put Penn State over the top, which I thought was phenomenal. Yeah, man, James Franklin, and again, as much as I we hate Vanderbilt, I would love to have him on Rocky Top, man. I, and I, I'm I'm not saying get rid of Pruitt to hire him yep. by any means. I'm still a Pruitt guy. Um, I, I do think Pruitt can can get the the ship right, but man, having James Franklin on on the hill would be something. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. Um, We'll see where all that ends up, of course, as things go on, especially Penn State being 0-2, losing to Ohio State. But I think Ohio State has obviously shown that by far they are the cream of the crop right now in the Big Ten. Yeah, man. There's Especially with the late start, with the weird year, um, what we're seeing right now in the Big Ten is that the better teams are just, for the most part, are just winning the ball game. Yeah. We just are missing and State beating Michigan. Um, but it's it's been kind of the opposite of the way in the SEC. The SEC, I don't know who's going to win any given Saturday. Yeah, for the most part. But in the Big Ten, if Ohio State's playing, same same thing with Alabama. If Nick Saban's still there, if Justin Fields is is under center for Ohio State, I think they got a good chance to win any game. Absolutely. <laughs> One of the other things you look into too, when you talk about nothing being guaranteed, it's not having the best year after a national championship, which is what Ed Orgeron is running into as LSU gets blown out by the Gus bus at Auburn, 48 to 11. And I know of course, Joe Burrow is in the NFL and so is the defensive coordinator, the old offensive play caller and most of the defense from last year. But it's like you really, you couldn't replenish the talent at that part, it's amazing what's happened with LSU at this point. Yeah, I think what this does, man, is it really hits home how incredible of a football player Joe Burrow was. Uh, I mean, he really was the best, in my opinion, had the best single season of any quarterback in the history of the game. Um, but, yeah, I, I think once LSU you know, lost to, uh, to Mississippi State early, 
though, though, you know, nobody anticipated them to repeat by any means. But I think once they lost, you know, that first one and kind of had their early struggles, I think a lot of as much as disheartening as it is, especially to be, you know, an LSU fan, mm-hmm. uh, that you know, those guys are just kind of looking to next year at this point. You, yeah, you're almost with Orgeron running into that Gene Chizik territory, which is not good for what Auburn had. But one of the things, again, though, if I'm stuck between picking between LSU and Michigan over the last few years with your head coach and saying, you know, Jim Harbaugh is giving me winning seasons, but we're not winning any of the big games, and then LSU had that great national championship, and then we might have a middling year or two going forward – I'm going to take the magic of that national championship year and never forget it. Yep. There's, yeah. I mean, there's something about putting that crystal ball in your, you know what I mean? There's something oh, about yeah. it helps with the recruiting. I mean, it helps with, with everything. And LSU will be back. I think coach Odron is one of the best coaches in the country. They'll be back there. Just, you know, you had to replace literally the greatest quarterback, single season quarterback ever. Yeah. That is definitely one of the things he's got to do. And again, you can chalk up so much to just what a crazy and weird year 2020 has been in so many things. So many things. A couple of other uh, big things that came from last week. Uh, One of the big ones, of course, was the fact that Trevor Lawrence was out against Boston College. And he was replaced by, um, let's see if I can get this last name right, DJ Uyagalele. I think I got that. We'll see. Again, I apologize to all of our fans out there. Clemson fans, just correct me, please, if I'm if I'm wrong. He came in. He was fine. 30 for 41, 342 and two touchdowns. But Boston College gave Clemson everything they wanted, 28-34. But Clemson was still able to get the win and move on to that top five matchup uh, in South Bend coming up this week. Yeah, I think, and we'll do our picks later, but I think Clemson's got a rude awakening this Saturday. See, I, I disagree, but again, that we, <clears throat> we will discuss that as we go forward. Uh, another top 25, another top 10 upset, Texas. Uh, we said Oklahoma State needed to be on the lookout on this one. I still thought Oklahoma State was going to win the game, but Texas comes back and wins in overtime 41-34. to Texas, again, we know they're still not back, but pretty much they did have a good hand in pretty much eliminating the Big 12 from any type of playoff contention for this season. Yep, just like always, the Big 12 shot himself in the foot. Yep. Okay. So, you know, Texas will do that. Oh, yeah. Alabama shutting out Mississippi State. Man, remember week one when we were all up on, boy, it shows that the air raid can work in the SEC, and Mike Leach has fallen off a table right now with Mississippi State, getting shut out, I think, for the first time in his career as a head coach. Yeah, I mean, we said that week one, man. We, we said, it. hey, it, it can definitely it can work, but we both kind of, you know, we both said that as soon as that gets adjusted to, there's too much, I think there's too much speed in the SEC to, for that to work week in and week out. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, with the SEC just wrapping up some of the other scores and everything that happened, uh, one of the big instances, this it's interesting to get your take on this. You had the Florida-Missouri game. Florida again wins 41-17, to but the big news that came out of that was the brawl that happened there at halftime where you had, there was a late hit on uh, the quarterback there on Trask right at the end of the half. But then... 
Dan Mullen just like runs out and gets in the face and like tr- almost escalates the situation on his own, which you really don't want to see out of a head coach. And then mm-hmm. a fracas just breaks out. And then after that, you had Dan Mullen come out almost like he was in the WWE or AEW and like come back out of the tunnel and get the crowd all hyped up. And it's like it's the so SEC bad. did not find any of that funny and find him $25,000 for what Dan Mullen was doing. Yeah. I, I mean, so as far as the late hit on Trask, that it's deplorable. I mean, it really is. Yeah. We've seen, I mean, you know, not to jump from college to the NFL in the middle of the segment here, but I mean, we saw something similar happen with the the late hit on Andy Dalton that put Andy Dalton out from the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Um, But I will 100% tell you this just from the different levels I played the game at any point. uh, I mean, Dan Mullen is is a head coach, a Division I SEC head coach. You've got to have more tact than that. Yep. But as far as the players go, if my coach is out there, it's it's time to ride. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. No, like I, this guy, this, we're literally going to. I'm going to war for this guy every day, and I'm not going to have his back right now. It, uh, nothing, nothing can be said. I don't think anything can be blamed on the players here. No, he's leading the charge. Yeah, and that and that's where again I was not a fan of what Mullen did. Where again, as the head coach, yes, and you can be fired up and be really upset that they're hitting your guy late. And, of course, the players are ready to go after all of them for going after your quarterback. But you, as the head coach, have to be the one to at least get everybody separated because you've got a big matchup against Georgia this week and you don't need you know half your offensive line suspended for the game because of fighting. So those are just things you need to be careful of. And there are a couple of players that are out, I think including a starting offensive lineman for Florida, at least just for the first half of the game against Georgia. So, again... You, you need to be careful when you're doing it. I get being worked up and emotions are high, but as the head coach, you have to show more restraint there. 100% agree, man. But again, I, I understand being fired up, uh, but that they also don't pay me millions of dollars to coach football teams. So I think I, I think you got to show a little more tact there. Yep. Agreed. Uh, moving before we move over to the NFL real quick, just a couple of other notes going on in the world of sports. First of all, you and I, of course, being the compulsive gamblers that we are, uh, got to celebrate uh, on Sunday the first week now of legal sports gambling in the state of Tennessee, which has been big. You finally get some of these apps like DraftKings and FanDuel that got permission finally from the state, and they legalized it, I think, a couple of years ago. But through this process, they were finally able to get all the permissions and everything. So now it's been nice to actually bet legally in the state and have some of those tax dollars and everything actually going toward the state of Tennessee. Yeah. yeah, I love it, man. And we'll, we'll both say that this is the first time that we've been betting in Tennessee, right? Yeah, exactly. No, it, it, if we're, you know, that's a joke, obviously we've been, we've been betting. There's been ways around the system since the beginning of time. Um, But it's, I mean, I I have used, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel, um, and plan on using them this week, really for the first time. Uh, but for that reason, exactly, it's it's going to help my home state. So by all means, yep. It was it was great to see. And again, I'm a little disappointed that it's only online. I would have loved to have all all of us at Knox Comedy like just start a sports book, like a brick and mortar one, which I thought would have been amazing. But yeah. hey, I will take what I can get at this point. 
one of the other things I thought that was really cool was, and this is leaning just a little into politics, but not too much, was, um, first of all, Tommy Tuberville defeating Doug Jones in Alabama, so the former head coach at Auburn. As a lot of jokes have gone online, Tommy Tuberville finally getting a signature win by becoming a senator there in Alabama. And then you also have, in the state of Mississippi, uh, the state and the voters voted and approved their new state flag, which finally got rid of, you know, the part of the Confederate battle flag that was on their state flag forever. Uh, and it's been replaced with a red and blue flag with a magnolia in the middle of it. It's a good looking flag, really. And Lane Kiffin tweeted because the University of uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State have both said they were not going to fly the old flag on campus. But they were said they're really happy to have the new state flag on campus, which I thought was really neat. Oh yeah, for sure, man. And it's it's deplorable that it's taking this long, but you know, progress. You know, it's, people say it's always it's better late than never. So yep. in this case, we'll take that where we get it. As far as Tommy Tuberville, brother, I have seen the funniest attack political attack ads on that guy. Like I was on the floor screaming, laughing. Because the attack ads 100% had to do with his coaching career, and nothing has ever been that funny to me. No, that was that was great to watch. You know, Doug Jones, he took some chances because we, it's weird. We're living in Tennessee, but we'd watch the SEC network, so we'd get to see all the other political ads from around the South, which was really interesting to see. And yeah, it's like those were those were just wonderful political ads, and I usually hate political ads and everything. Oh, they're, they're a nightmare. Well, that, it's just, it's in the same vein. Like I called uh, our current president. I only refer to him as WWE Hall of Famer Donald Trump. Yes, that is the only way that I can say his name out loud and it's make any sort of sense. Yeah. Oh, you, mean, oh, you mean the guy that got stuttered? Yeah, I know. That yep, by Stone Cold Steve Austin, which is great. So, but uh, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> What 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 is happening? <laughs> oh, I know it's it's absolutely amazing and whoo boy. But anyway, let's move back to the NFL real quick <laughs> before we start going too crazy. Uh, it it was an interesting week in the NFL. The Steelers coming out and showing that they are the premier team right now in the NFL, staying undefeated, winning at Baltimore, twenty eight twenty four. They are seven and zero and setting themselves up again. We mentioned this last week. Their next three games are like just a, a buffet table. You've got the Cowboys, the Bengals, and the Jaguars before they get to play the Ravens again on Thanksgiving night. So the Steelers looking really good. And again, we'll see again how the NFL playoffs shape up. But if the Steelers can stay that one game ahead of the Chiefs and get that home field advantage in Pittsburgh with the terrible towels going in the playoffs, that could be a huge advantage for the Steelers. Yeah, man. We talked last week, man. I'm a big James Conner guy. I, you know, Ben Roethlisberger as much as he has off the field. Um, I do. I think he's. You know, they got a, a great, great team. Um, and, and as much as we say that Texas isn't back, I'm going to say it, man. I think the Steelers are back. I think they're going to have long term success. They could be. I've always enjoyed that. You talk about a guy. You know, if you had to fill out like a dream wish list of coaches, like. And again, I'm fine with keeping Pruitt right now. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. But you want someone that I would want to coach at Tennessee? It would be Mike Tomlin. I would want him in about five seconds. That would be amazing. 
Yeah, but I mean, I think that dude will retire from Pittsburgh. Oh, he would. He absolutely would. He has no reason to go to college, but I would take Mike Tomlin in a heartbeat to be my head coach. Great guy. Yeah, I mean, anybody that'll trip a player running down a kickoff back, that's my kind of guy. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, the Titans, again, apparently they lost to the Steelers twice because they lost to the Bengals 31-20 to over the weekend. Meanwhile, whoo, boy, the Patriots fumbling that ball away. Cam Newton going in for the winning score and fumbles it as the Bills finally get a win over the Patriots as well. So not a good week for some teams that were looking to rebound this week. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots, that, that's just going to be the tail of the tape until they find. Cam Newton, I mean, it w- was a great quarterback. He's definitely on his last leg. Um, man, I've seen, I, I've heard rumors that they're actively looking to trade up for the first pick to pick Trevor Lawrence. Could you imagine going from Tom Brady to Trevor Lawrence and just restarting that dynasty? That would be absolutely insane, and I would hate every second of it because – But, uh, hey, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. I mean, and I don't look – because, again, you'll see what happens with the Patriots. To me, this is not like the dynasty crumbling that some people say it is. I think you're just punting on this year because it's not like Bill Belichick forgot how to coach. I think, again, you're just running into a weird year uh, all the way. By the way, Bill Belichick, great in those Subway commercials, by the way. I think he's fantastic. It's so funny. It's perfect. One of the other great games, just looking at Tua Tagovailoa getting his first win as a starting quarterback by only th- going 12 of 22 and 93 yards and one touchdown as the Miami defense just went out of their minds beating up on the Rams. That was amazing to see. Yeah, and I think that's going to be a rare down game for Tua. Um, I definitely think he's going to have a very, very good NFL career. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you if you're Miami's defense and you know you've got a rookie with his first start, then you got to play out of your mind, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah. And are any of us surprised that uh, Tom Brady got a flag, uh, or the there was that they picked up the flag uh, with the Buccaneers and the Giants on that two point conversion with the pass interference? Anybody not surprised? Anybody surprised by that? Because I'm not. No, man. It- <laughs> I don't want to get worked up, so I'm not going to, but no, I'm very much not surprised. Yeah, so I didn't think so. So, of course, we've got uh, some good games going on. We've got my beloved 49ers taking on my mom's Packers. As we're recording this, the Packers up 7-0. Of course, the Niners are becoming a mash unit with all the injuries that they've had, losing Mostart and uh, Kittle and Garoppolo. So uh, the Packers looking to rebound after weirdly losing to the Vikings last week. So we'll see where that goes. And of course, all the other great NFL action we will recap next week on this fine program. But not a lot else going on in the world of sports that's breaking news. But anything that does break, of course, you can check us out on the Man in the Arena Facebook page. And as well, and also on that uh, Facebook page, you've got my link to start an account with FanDuel. If you do live here in this fine state of Tennessee, and uh, if you want to start an account with FanDuel, you'll get a $50 credit just for signing up, which you just need to go out and do. So, Never, Yeah, it's free money. Yeah, and a lot of times they'll give you like a great odds matchup to do, like um, especially just for signing up. I think the one right now, if you get this, I think they're offering like a 1 and 125 
odds or some some crazy odds for Tennessee just to win straight up against Arkansas. So like I think a five dollar bet will get you like a hundred and twenty five dollars or something weird like that. So you need to get on that uh, and yeah, sign up through my link. That's exactly what it is. It's, yeah, yeah five dollars or one twenty five. Yeah, so take a shot at it. And hopefully the Vols will do their part. We'll make those picks at the end of the segment. But moving on into the world of professional wrestling, uh, you do have a great uh, card coming up as AEW has full gear happening, which is, again, they're doing it from the Daily's Place there, still running these pay-per-views, which are always fun. It's an interesting card. It's not the best card that they've had, but there could be some really, really good matches that I'm looking forward to. Um... You've got like Orange Cassidy versus John Silver, which again, I just love everything Orange Cassidy does. So hopefully he'll just beat the sh- snot out of John Silver and move on. And John Silver's been great. He's just uh, like a just an animated muscle bound spark plug of a guy. So I think they'll have a great match there. Um, so you've got that. I love Orange Cassidy, Trey. He's amazing. Yeah, no, Orange Cassidy is great, man. Uh, yeah, but I do. Silver is, is so there's so fun to watch, man. AEW is just so I don't know. It brings me back to watching wrestling as a kid. I mean, AEW is as close to like that late '90s, early 2000 wrestling. Just fun to watch, easy to follow. Like it's just a good time. Yep, you've got uh, you know Maxwell Jake Jacob Friedman MJF versus Chris Jericho. Uh, MJF will be allowed to join the inner circle if he beats Chris Jericho. That could be really interesting. Of course, they had that steak dinner with the big song and dance a couple of weeks ago, which was amazing to see. I'd like MJF to win this somehow and join the inner circle. Yeah, I definitely think that's it's been a long time coming. I can't believe he's not in there already. Yeah. yeah I, do, I agree with you. That's definitely going to happen. Meanwhile, you've got the AEW Women's Championship, Hikaru Shida, facing Nyla Rose again. Um, she She'd have beat Nyla Rose to win the title and has been doing a great job defending it. I I like Nyla Rose, but I really still love Sheeta as champion, especially if you're going to move to maybe having her face Britt Baker. So I've got Sheeta retaining in this one. I 100% agree. You nailed it. A couple of the other big matches on the card. You've got the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament Final, so the winner gets the next World Championship shot. And it's former tag team champion partners Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page. I've got Omega winning. It looks like, again, moving on to that single shot that we've all hoped Kenny Omega would finally just become that big mainstream star that we know he can be after all the great matches he's had around the world, just not here in the U.S. I've got him beating Hangman Page. I agree, man. I think that, you know, AEW really just got, just got past their first year. They're solid. I think if they throw Kenny Omega in your face immediately as soon as they get the TV deal, I think he becomes old. I think they have booked this perfectly, but I agree with you. This is the start of the Omega era. Yep. Which would make me really happy. I've loved Kenny Omega for years, so this makes me happy. Uh, a couple of other a side note. Cody made an announcement at the end of the Dynamite tapings. It didn't air, but people were videoing it in Daly's place. It looks like the trademark that the WWE had on his last name, Rhodes, you know, because he's the son of Dusty Rhodes, um, expired and he picked it up. So Cody, I don't know when they're going to start doing this on TV, but now he's can be Cody Rhodes again, which makes me very happy. Oh, thank! I did I did not know that, but thank God, that's so ridiculous, man. Yeah, this is 
this is somebody like I get it. It's a trademark. It's a slippery slope to just let stuff go. And this is your big rival, but that's the man's father. Yeah, you know, just give him the name. Yeah, come on. But no, man. And and Cody Rhodes is somebody that I when I'm talking to someone that has no idea about wrestling. I always bring up someone like, like Dusty Rhodes and show him, you know, the hard times promo. And then I always tell him, Hey, his son, Dusty Rhodes is the American dream. His son is the American nightmare. That is the most badass nickname in wrestling. Yeah. It makes me really happy. And again, hopefully he's got a great match against a guy, another guy I just love. And, Chase and us talked about this all last week or a couple of weeks ago, Darby Allen. And I think Darby finally needs a signature win. He's been so close, but you can't just keep a guy losing. I think Darby Allen's going to beat Cody Rhodes for the uh, TNT championship on, in this pay-per-view. Yeah, I 100% agree. I love Darby Allen, man. There's something really unique and different in that guy. And Cody is, you know, is the most gracious loser you know, loses with grace better than anybody in the industry, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, the Tag Team Championship on the line, FTR, of course, formerly known as The Revival. Of course, if you know anything about wrestling history, they've been trading Twitter barbs with the Young Bucks for years. This has been a match for a long time coming. It's really weird, kind of the build-up to this. It hasn't been the immortal build-up that you would think for a match of this magnitude. Of course... The Young Bucks have said that they are not going to ever challenge for the tag team championships again if they lose. I just think there's going to be some shenanigans or something. Maybe they're going to do the great match. It just the buildup hasn't really been there like I was wanting it to. But if they go out with the whole match and go a full way, I do think the Young Bucks do win the ti- the titles off of FTR. Yeah, I think the uh, the Young Bucks are in the same boat as Kenny Omega. I think, you know, <clears throat> If they would have just immediately thrown everything the Young Bucks away immediately, it would have just been, it would have been fan service in a negative way. You know what I mean? It was fine. It was like, oh, these guys are finally going to be on TV. They're going to have the belt. But I think the build up to this, but they also in this type of stipulation, they're not going to have them lose a match where they can never fight for the belt again. You yeah. know what I mean? I think, I think the Young Bucks win. Yeah, and I know they've done that with Cody. They they did it with him with the um with the world championship when he lost I think over a year ago to Chris Jericho he's never challenged for the world championship since that stipulation so we'll have to see if the young bucks stick with that if they do lose meanwhile speaking of the world championship you got John Moxley defending against Eddie Kingston in an I Quit match which was set up because Kingston passed out from the bully choke the bulldog choke that John Moxley had on him a few weeks ago on Dynamite in their title match. They made it an I quit match. Kingston, again, one of these guys who'd been just paying his dues for over 18 years is just so wonderful on the microphone. It's great to have him on TV in a great spot in a, in a great place like AEW and just giving him a title match is amazing. I do still have, of course, John Moxley retaining this championship. Oh, yeah. I mean, Moxley's the best in the world, but I do agree with you. He's, he's a great mouthpiece. Um, AEW's given a lot of those guys a, a real chance to, to be in the, the spotlight, which is great, man, but but Moxley's an unstoppable train. Yeah. 
I agree. So those are our picks. Hopefully uh, they will come true, and it'll be another great pay-per-view that AEW has had. So looking forward to that. Meanwhile, you ready to make our college football picks here, Trey? Let's lose some money, buddy. Yeah, let's 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 do it. Uh, first time legally, which will be fun to lose it legally. Um, <laughs> you've actually got a Friday night game uh, coming up here. We usually don't have a top 25 matchup on a Friday night, but we do out in the Mountain West. Well, Boise State's in the Mountain West. BYU's been going it alone independently. BYU at 7-0 and and number 9 in the country, going to the Blue Turf to play Boise State at 2-0, and which again shows when the Mountain West started their football. Uh, BYU, 3.5-point favorite. BYU has just looked great in all their games. I've got BYU winning this one. Yeah, I'm taking the Mormons by two touchdowns. I don't think it'll be close. Yeah. I think we need to make a uh, podcast trip up to Provo in a, a couple of years when Tennessee returns the favor and plays in uh, Provo against BYU. I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, so much fun, man. Just just be out literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Watch Absolutely. Meanwhile, moving to the Big Ten, Indiana looking to end, I believe, a 24-year losing streak to Michigan. Uh, as they host the Wolverines, coming off that just dumbfounding loss to Michigan State, Indiana is uh, actually not favored in this game. They're at home. Michigan is a three and a half point favorite, but I've got Indiana winning outright. Yep, take the Hoosiers. I'm telling you, man. I, I think you double down and take Indiana to win this game. Forget the points. Yep. I definitely. I think Indiana at home. Michigan starts off the worst that we've started it ever, and nothing will make me happier. Yeah, I'm going with that. Uh, the Pac-12 getting started this week. Of course, we had Maction that happened over the week, which was just great to see. Always love that weekday Maction. But now you've got the Pac-12 finally going. Arizona State and USC. I've got the Trojans winning that one. Right now I've got the Trojans actually winning the conference too. I think... Uh, Clay Helton finally gets that monkey off his back and is able to keep himself with a job. I think USC just has so much experience and probably the best quarterback coming back in uh, Slovis. I've got USC winning the entire conference in the Pac-12. Yeah, I don't think it'll be close either. I think USC wins that handily. What do you think about this one? You've got Liberty undefeated and ranked 25th in the country going to Blacksburg to take on Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, a 14.5-point favorite in that one. Uh, I don't think Liberty even keeps it close, man. I, I think Virginia Tech uh, really runs away with that one. Liberty, yeah, they're undefeated, man, but you don't talk about not playing anybody. Liberty, yeah. I think Liberty played Harriman High School last week. So. <laughs> Oh boy! You talk that one about three touchdowns. Yeah, you talk about a huge spread. UMass, who's played one game this year, they're playing Marshall, who's five and zero. Marshall is a forty-five point favorite. Do you even do you just go with Marshall in that one? I forty-five points. That's what a lot. You, that's a lot of points. UMass's score in their first game. Uh, I don't even. They played. Let's see, UMass. They, last time they played was October seventeenth, and they lost to Georgia Southern forty-one to nothing. Yeah, I think yeah. All right. <laughs> I just saw that. I just did a double take when I saw the line. I was like, "Oh, we got to talk about that." Yeah, uh, take take the spread. Yeah, like, more than the spread actually. 
Meanwhile, you've got the game, as always, I'm still going to call it the old cocktail party, even though it's not, but you've got Florida and Georgia, huge rivalry game, Georgia a three and a half point favorite. For some reason, I still think Georgia's defense is going to do better than uh, Florida's offense with Kyle Trask's. So even though Georgia's still running Stetson Bennett the fourth, I'm going to go with the dogs, uh, Georgia three and a half point favorite. Uh, I, that, I disagree, my friend. Okay. I really for for uh, for the exact same reason, Stetson Bennett, brother, is is not the guy for Georgia. He's the only guy they got. He's the probably the, you know he really is their best option to win. But they're in the same situation as we are, but not the same. We have better quarterbacks, uh, other than the one we're starting. Our coaching staff just can't pull it together. But um, no, I do think that Stetson Bennett is, is just not. He's not tall enough to see over Florida's defensive line. Uh, I think Kyle Trask really makes a push for that Heisman Trophy this uh, this week. Okay, let's. Hey, it's good to have some differential. Maybe, you, yeah, you'll come up a little bit in the uh, Shibley Pickham game that we do. Uh, that one. Now, this could be another one that we differ on a lot. It's Clemson Notre Dame. Notre Dame, a five, uh, actually five point underdog at home. So Clemson, the five point favorite. I still think, even though Clemson does not have Trevor Lawrence, they've got the backup in there, but he's still pretty darn good quarterback. And I think Clemson, if if Trevor Lawrence was playing, there would be, to me, no discussion. Clemson's going to win this going away. But I still think Clemson realizes that they got a scare last week and they're going to play so much better against Notre Dame. And Notre Dame hasn't proven that they can win a big game like this, even at home, under Brian Kelly. So I'm going with Clemson, and I've got them winning by 10 points, actually. <clears throat> wow. Now I'm going to go the complete opposite direction, man. I think for a couple of reasons, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'll just be hundred percent truthful. I did watch Rudy recently and I, <laughs> I cried. I was at work a boohoo in front of a cup. And I am not ashamed of it. That's uh, fine. Well, I think I know this is, I know I've talked to you about it before. I've mentioned it before. Notre Dame was my first choice. Uh, coming into high school, that's where I wanted to play college ball. Uh, never had a shot, I promise. But uh, I was a big Notre Dame fan growing up. Uh, but none of that has anything to do with why I'm picking them. Trevor Lawrence is that good. Uh, and without him, I think Clemson doesn't have a shot. I'll take Notre Dame by, uh, by 10 points. Not only that, I say if you're listening at home, you should go to the bank. <laughs> You should, you should take out as much money as they will possibly give you and double down Notre Dame wins this game, I say, by two touchdowns. Okay. Well, I we will see. I think it'll be a great game. It's always just, even with limited fans, it's always such a great atmosphere there in South Bend, one of the best places to see a football game. Oh, I it's, it's, I've never I've never been. It's it's I, there's are, There's like four stadiums that I've never been to. That I've got to watch a game in and Notre in, in South Bend area is number one. Yeah, I was there. Uh, well, I went up there last summer. I had some training up in uh, Michigan, but on the way up there, I was passing through South Bend, and I was like, I gotta go at least see the stadium oh. and walk on campus for a minute. And being the lapsed Catholic that I am, at least went and lit a candle for all my friends and family in the grotto there. But Notre Dame, it was a beautiful campus and a beautiful area around there with the stadium. Uh, it's it's the I think it's the prettiest campus in, in the world, really. It's a great campus, but 
Speaking of on campus, Tennessee's got to travel to the campus of Arkansas up there in Fayetteville for a 7.30 kickoff on the SEC Network. Tennessee looking, both teams 2-3, and three, Tennessee and the Razorbacks. Tennessee has had a week off to figure some things out, and we will see where it goes. Tennessee is a one-and-a-half point favorite on the road, the over-under, 52-and-a-half. It's pretty much a coin flip on the matchup predictor that ESPN has. I honestly think what you're going to get in this game is I think Tennessee is going to try and reestablish the running game. I think they're going to do a better job at it. So I think Tennessee behind running the ball and Garantano not throwing pick sixes. I think Tennessee is going to get the win. It's going to be close. But I do think Tennessee gets the win in this one, 27-23. Ooh, you got it close. Yep. Yeah, man. I, I will say this, and I, I've been—I've really sort of felt conflicted, man. You know how much of a last chance you fan I am. Love the show. Love you know. I, I still follow East Mississippi. Uh, they're on my, uh, uh, you know, on my list of things to watch every Saturday. Um, but man, so Raheem Boyd down there is just a freak of nature uh, of a running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's going to be real, real, real hard to contain. Um, but I think uh, we've got a freak of nature on our side of the ball named Eric Gray. I think Eric Gray finally has his breakout game. Pruitt keeps talking about how we don't have a feature back. I think Gray really jumps up there and takes that job uh, as the premier guy this week. Um, and I think if if last week is any indication, I think we're going to run the dang ball, as Sandra Bullock would say. Uh, I think Eric Gray goes off. I, I got us winning 21 to seven. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot better than my prediction. So hopefully it comes true and Tennessee gets back on track because if they lose this game, it's going to really start the countdown to when basketball season starts for me. I'll tell you that. But if he, if, if we lose this game, you want to talk about somebody's seat being hot. Yeah. Talk about Jimmy Pruitt's plane seat on the way home. Absolutely. Well, that's going to wrap up this glorious episode of the Man in the Arena podcast. Trey, where can everybody find you out on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Trey Pack, T-R-E-P-A-C-K. Find me on Instagram at Trey Pack One. And if you're curious, where I'm going to be doing the stand up, doing the yucks, I will uh, friend me on Facebook. That's where all that good stuff is. Just Trey Pack, super easy to find. Excellent. And of course, you can find me on the Twitter at Michael underscore Shibley. And of course, you follow the Man in the Arena podcast uh, Facebook page and also on Instagram. We've got all updates and everything there that we post and all the links where you can listen to this fine podcast. Uh, Five star reviews all over the place, which would make us eternally grateful. And of course, check out our friends, Wild with a Y, uh, Chase and Patty and Sam doing their just craziness that they always do on their podcast you've got of course the sagas and shenanigans podcast uh where trey myself mrs shibbles and a few others we play some dungeons and dragons you've got the uh, brb afk video game podcast with boston and shipley and bingy and them uh, and then you've got like geeks and hair to the earth with mike d mike d and jc ratliff and cody everybody all these just friends we're not a part of a network or anything anymore just again good friends making good podcasts Yep, 100%, man. Love those guys over there. Absolutely. So, on that note, Trey, let's go Vols. Let's get this damn win. What do you say? Hey, I agree, buddy. Go damn Vols. All right. Adios. Love you.
Too sweet. See you guys next week. Bye.